0: The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Hi, Dave. How's it going, buddy? It's going great buddy (laughs) don't you just love listening to that intro music i do love that intro music very very much i always
1: play air drums when it comes on
0: do you actually like you're actually like neil purding imaginary with your hands yeah you can see me can't you well i have the computer screen in front of me which is recording it and like the mic cable's in the way so i can't really see what you're doing with your hands down there oh okay boy that came out wrong didn't it yeah (laughs) So let's get into the show. There are many ways you can get in touch with the Break the Business podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, rate and review us, and we certainly hope you do that. It's kind of what helps us bubble up on the iTunes chart to produce more of the high-quality programming that you've uh, just witnessed or listened to, I should say. We're getting
1: some good feedback, i got to tell you, from our uh, friends and everyone in our associates.
0: Yeah, people are liking
1: us? People are liking us. Okay, they tell me they like me.
0: That's good. Uh, have they mentioned an affinity for any other members of the show? Any other cast members?
1: Uh, Keith Richards. They really enjoy well, he's, that walk-on. He's great. Yeah. Uh, they like the game show. They like Dave's as yet they, title they game like show. They like your game show. Yeah. They like when you lose.
0: Well, that's good. So they're happy a lot. I'm, not- I'm noticing a lot of the praise seems to be going in your direction, which, fine by me, by the way. I can't tell you how thrilled I am for you. But um, you know what I think is part of it? is you seem to be following the praise of this show more religiously than I am. Like, you're the one who always tells me, like, oh, I've heard somebody new likes the show. Are you calling me needy? A little bit. Kind of, Uh, sort
1: of. That's essentially what you're saying. Aren't all
0: podcasters a little needy?
1: So now you're insulting other podcasters. This is really great. This is is exactly what we wanted.
0: I'm putting the whole industry in my crosshairs. Absolutely.
1: You just want to be an island unto your own? That's a great way to
0: entertain people, right?
1: No, it's not. I mean, Tom Hanks did it. You're not Tom Hanks. You are no Tom
0: Hanks. <laughs> um, there are a number of other ways. Oh, sorry. Are you going to berate me some more?
1: Well, I was going to go into a, I know Tom Hanks. You, sir, I know Tom Hanks, but I don't know Tom Hanks. I wish I knew Tom Hanks. Tom you, Hanks, had... if you're listening,
0: please reach out. He's I'm, great. He's so great. He's, he's terrific. Paul Thirteen, greatest movie ever made. Um, there are other ways you can get in touch with us. Are you done now? Can I can I get back to the show? Evan, Gabby, thank you very much. Did you just give individual shout outs to two of your friends? Yes. Other people listen to this show other than your two friends. I mean, not a lot of other people, but other people. Everyone in Australia, thank you very much. Australia. Oh yeah, Mary Amber. Uh, yeah. Yeah. we have a we have quite a following we in have- Australia thanks to Mary Amber choose Aus- our guest week one Australia loves podcasts do they do they really Is oh that-
1: yes no there's a lot of uh, good podcasts in Australia uh, one of one of which uh, I saw actually saw in uh, the LA Podfest called uh, Tofop oh. with will Anderson that's a free plug there
0: <laughs> can I get back moving with the show or you have more obscure podcasts to plug
1: I think, I think I'm done am oh. I done I'm done
0: okay. There are a number of ways you can get in touch with us here on the Break the Business podcast. If you have any ideas, show comments, uh, criticisms, we certainly deserve them after the first three minutes of this show, (laughs) you can email us, breakthebusiness at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Ryan K-A-I-R. That's at Ryan K-A-I-R. And I've been giving out my Twitter handle each week. But what I have neglected to do, and this is an oversight on my part, and I Kind of want to remedy it now. Is I want to give the listeners a way to follow you on Twitter, Dave. You have mm-hmm. a Twitter presence, I and do. can you tell people where they can find you on Twitter to get more David hijinks? Sure. And oh, this is this is the first time I've ever ever done this. Oh, this is exciting. throwing yeah. my Twitter. Yeah. yeah, Plug it. You can find me
1: at d k a y e one zero two seven on Twitter. Boy,
0: That's... that rolls off the tongue.
1: Oh yeah, I just you can tell when I when I when I chose that when I signed up. <laughs> I ooh the future was bright. People were going to be listening to me and paying attention.
0: Have you considered? Have you given thought yeah. to creating a new Twitter handle? I don't know if that like makes you have to create a whole new account and bring your followers down to zero, but it might be um, worth the sacrifice. I mean, oof. I don't know how many followers you have. I don't know if it's very many. Like <laughs> would that be a huge sacrifice if you had to start from zero?
1: I don't ooh yeah, I don't know. All those relationships that would have to be built up again. All um let's see, there's one hand I can count. I'm going to look it up.
0: I'm looking it up. Oh no, this is gonna be. I'm looking up You're how many Twitter me. followers. Yes. Oh no. I, I'm Twitter shaming you. No. And granted, I don't have a lot of followers myself, and so this is a little, you know, pot calling kettle black. But no, I'm gonna look it up right now. Um, and by the way, you can find him at d k a y e one zero two seven. And if you. you follow him right now, you will be his nineteenth Twitter follower. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what? What? I don't like you very much right now. And I have ways of getting back at you. You know, ooh, oh, the, ooh, we, when the game show comes,
0: I'm going to murder you. You murder me each week on the game show. Yes. By the way, we're doing the game show again this week. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yes, you can find us at business at gmail.com. Go to breakthebusiness.com to check out the blog. I'm at Ryan K A I R. He's D K A Y E one zero two seven. Jesus Christ! I'll
1: fine. I'll, find, I'll <laughs> look into creating a new one, whatever the heck it is. I'll be I'll, Ryan. How about, at Ryan sucks. We'll see if that's taken. <laughs> you know what's gonna
0: happen though? What is the listeners on our show? They're so pro you. Everybody loves Dave. That I feel like they're going to sympathize with you. That I'm making fun of your difficult to remember Twitter handle. And the next day, you're gonna have like five thousand followers just because people want to spite me.
1: If it makes me feel any better, if you notice what I changed the name to on my Twitter handles, Big Wave
0: Dave. You did? That's cool. Yeah. Big Wave Dave.
1: That was like your nickname that we had for you in junior high. Yes, and I know what you're thinking, everybody. I have not surfed a day in my life.
0: You've you've never, uh, what's it called, uh, something about the gnar? You've never been on, I don't know, surfer lingo.
1: What the heck was that? Wrong! Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah, we're not Patrick Swayze and...
2: Uh, <laughs> don't, <laughs> they, don't
1: surfers say nar? They say gnarly, yeah,
0: right? I don't know. What the heck is with that Point Break? This what about that, it? This what, is really off topic. Okay, okay, so this is a music podcast, but all right, now we're talking Point Break. They've go remade, ahead.
1: They've remade Point Break. They
0: are remaking Point Break. No, no,
1: there's a trailer. It's been remade. I don't know when it's coming out. They have some like weird Keanu Reeves light, just because they're like, well, we can't have Keanu Reeves. That would that would be weird. And We can't make it obvious that we're doing Keanu Reeves. So we'll just go with. 74% of Keanu Reeves.
0: Like uh, some budget Keanu Reeves. Poor man's Keanu Reeves. C. A C student Keanu Reeves. So let me ask you this. Which makes you more upset? Uh-huh. And I think I might know the answer to this, but you know there might be a dark horse here because there are two movies that are coming out right now that I've seen the trailers for, or at least I've been aware of that they're coming out, and both of them have made me crazy. One, Point Break, a remake of Point Break, which was wholly unnecessary. The original stands up on its own. Or... And this is coming out. I swear to God, this is real. A movie based on Angry Birds. Because nothing <laughs> because when you're going to make a movie about something, wait until it's 5 years after its height and nobody cares about it anymore. Does anybody still play Angry Birds? Well, it, th-
1: see, that, that that doesn't get me upset. Angry Birds that's just a dumb idea to yes, exactly. Wait, wait until everyone's done with it. It's out of like the zeitgeist and it also it's an interactive phone game you know mario brothers sucked i can't imagine angry angry birds is gonna be any good no point break. we
0: should specify the mario brothers movie sucked yeah the, mario... the
1: game was oh no know, no no the classic. game classic game is classic but uh the you movie's know, atrocious bob hoskins and uh john Leguizamo. <laughs> i
0: can't funny. believe that happened exactly bob and, hoskins and dennis hopper too. dennis hopper For, yeah I forgot he was in that
1: the the creator of easy rider to that <laughs> It was, um, it was a lateral
0: move, we can all agree. No,
1: no, no. Point the, the remake of Point Break is is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Well, actually, it may not be the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Because talking about music, news, and everything. Wait,
0: wait, wait. I know where you're gonna go. Uh-huh. But let me tell people like you're already unhinged on this. Oh, okay. Let me tell people what's coming up uh chomping, throughout the show. I'm at you the are bit. chomping the bit. First, um, we're interviewing uh Bill Bolden, aka DJ Spruke. He's a Buffalo-based DJ. You're going to love this guy, Dave. Um, he raised over $25,000 on Kickstarter, making an album called Music to Die Alone in Space 2. It's an electronic album in which every person who contributes can receive their own unique copy of the recording. So every copy that he makes sounds different, and every person gets their own unique copy. He's sort of taking advantage of you know recording technology and how cheap and easy it is to record, and saying, not only am I going to give every person you know, a identical copy, that's, I'm going to take it to the next level. Every person gets their own unique song because I can make music so efficiently now. Um, he's in addition to that great project, which we're going to talk about with him on the show, Mm -hmm. he's also really good at social media and just generally very knowledgeable about indie music, um, and succeeding as an indie artist. So if you're an indie artist and you're listening, stick around, you're going to want to listen to Bill Bolden, a.k.a. DJ Spruke, he's going to be super informative, and he's a fellow podcaster, so nice, we'll, we'll love him for that. If you're
1: an indie artist, if you're just listening, please stick around.
0: Yeah, it would be, <laughs> it would be kind of weird if you just downloaded it and said, no, nah, I'm going to listen for eight and a half minutes, and then I'm going to quit. Yeah, you're going to change the station see what else is on. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, I can tell you're unhinged. So you have been bugging me about this for five straight days now. Is that right? Four or five days? Has it been that long? It it's, feels—it it's, feels like four or five weeks. All right. Well, it's your I, fault because you're you're wrong. I'm gonna. Exp- well, we're gonna settle this right now. <laughs> we're gonna talk about this on the air because clearly you're bugging me about it, and and I tend to know with you that if you're if you can't let something go for five days, I know it has to be talked about on the podcast. So, as many people know, Taylor Swift put out an album recently, or in the last year, October twenty-seven, two thousand fourteen. 1989. The now. 1989 album. The biggest album you know, of recent time. It's gotten platinum many times over. It's a huge, massive hit. Taylor Swift is the biggest star in the world. There's no debate. T-Swizzle. <laughs> That's what they call her. They call her T-Swizzle? I think so, yeah. Like swizzle, like swizzle sticks? Yeah. Because she's so gangsta? Exactly. Okay. T-Swizzle put out 1989. And so now we cut to this year... Do you have the date on this other release? It's it was September. I okay. think it's,
1: it, but it's, it's September. Yeah, it
0: came out like a month ago. Um, rock artist Ryan Adams put out his own version of 1989, in which it was a track-by-track cover album of 1989, where he performed the songs in his own style. And I thought it was really interesting, and so um, I actually tweeted a couple times about it, specifically about the chart performance of Ryan Adams' 1989 um, because it has been, done wonders for his chart performance. Um, for example, the, his version of 1989 debuted at number 7 on the Billboard 200 uh, this past week, I believe. And that number 7 actually tied for the best Billboard 200 debut of his career. And uh, Ryan Adams has had 8 chart appearances on the Hot Rock Tracks chart. On billboard Mm -hmm. seven of those eight have been off of this 1989 album so it's done wonders for his career it's pretty Uh, cool it's interesting it's to me it's cool to see a rock artist who's not just you know teeny bopper pop putting his own spin on this kind of music i think that's fascinating you have just but you have spent like after you read this tweet you then immediately texted me and have done nothing but hate on ryan adams for the last 72 hours what is your discontent with ryan adams wouldn't it be hilarious if right now I said I'm not talking about? I think it's great. <laughs> After <laughs> I'm not just to, just to screw with me on the podcast because you've been hating on this all yes. week, and then you're going to throw me under the bus right now? Oh no, no, I won't do that. No, no, no. I don't like this. I don't. Why don't you like this? All right, so let's
1: it's interesting. Well, so let's get let's get the let's get some a few disclaimers out there. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. She's she's fine. The Even though you, fine. you
0: know her Swizzle Stick nickname,
1: I, I, I watch TV. I, I read the trades. You know, <laughs> right. I read
0: the trades.
1: Yeah doesn't everybody um no okay she she's fine but i don't have any of her stuff but i'm not like i'm not a hater or anything i don't you're
0: you're not a swifty i think they call them Swifties. swifty
1: no she was great you're not a swift boater she was great on the graham norton show she loves cats which is cool because i love cats too so hey we got that in common um also i don't know anything of ryan as when i first heard this i'm like Ryan Adams covers Taylor Swift. Well, that's weird. I mean, the guy that did Summer of 69 and uh, I do it for you, you know,
0: um, it's not a illegitimate mistake. I think a lot of people confuse Ryan Adams and Brian Adams. That's Brian so, Adams. Yes.
1: From Canada. Right. Who's like older, much older.
0: I don't know. Like I Ryan mean, Adams has been around for a long time. I Maybe mean, he's probably older. I don't know. Yeah. Well, OK. Well, Ryan Adams has been in the game for a while. He's he's not been as big as Brian Adams no. was, but he's been around. No, because
1: you know Stewie didn't cover Ryan Adams. Stewie covered Brian Adams. Remember pieces of Stewie?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> that's nice. a Family Guy reference. That for a you good, out it's there. A, that's a. And if you like Family Guy, you're laughing right now. Yes. All right. All right so.
1: so okay, I, when I saw this, I'm like, well, wait a minute. This this literally is a one to one cover album. It's not. He
0: covered the whole album. Not
1: one song. That's like okay. I covered one song and put it put it in with my own stuff. It's, I am copying the entire album less than one year after its release. This just seems like a gimmick to me. And when you were saying how it's the most successful thing he's ever done.
0: It would so seem, yes.
1: That would then be like, that's, that seems to be validation of that. That's, you know, I think I'm not in this guy's head. But, wow, what a way. Because Here's the thing. I think this shows two things. Okay. One. People really love Taylor
0: Swift. They love her so much. They'll listen to anybody singing her.
1: Yes. They can't. You know, as soon as the record stops on their device, it, it's like, no, I must replace it with something else The Taylor Swift. Will I hit like back or repeat or shuffle again? No, I'll just buy a whole new Taylor Swift <laughs> inspired album.
0: <laughs> I if I, you go on Spotify, there's actually a lot of artists who cover who have Taylor Swift covers on there.
1: Well, Taylor Swift is not on Spotify. That's right, because of that whole legal. Issue. Because
0: she didn't want to be on Spotify. Yeah. Um. But I don't know why this has got you so unhinged. There is nothing wrong, in my view, with an artist interpreting the works of others. You know, if I if I had been able to see further, it's because I stood on the shoulders of giants. We like it when artists build on the stuff that came before them, and it's not like Taylor Swift being exploited in any way. He would have had to have paid for the mechanical licensing fees to make these recordings as any other artist would. So Taylor Swift's getting paid. She's not getting exploited. And, you know, Taylor Swift wins. Ryan Adams wins. The culture wins by getting this new work that interprets something that came before it. And and for some reason, you seem to be begrudging him because he's made money off this. Like, why do artists have to choose between Making a significant artistic contribution and being able to pay your rent. I tend to be of the view like I, I don't believe in like oh somebody sold out like no man get your money get your money.
1: Okay, first thing I never had an issue with it thinking like oh no he stole the works like no, no no I know how copyright works that's I the fact that she is getting compensated fairly and it probably looks like handsomely at this point
0: especially if he's selling a lot of records yeah and stuff. I mean yeah.
1: that's fine that's great hey she's now got income and also hey free publicity by the way for her original superior version of 1989. She doesn't have to pay anyone to plug the damn thing because this guy's essentially doing it. He's giving her free advertising. And, and guess what Guess
0: what we're doing? We're talking about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're part of the damn system. <laughs> That's also what makes me mad. So I'm giving him pub. I'm falling into his trap. He's like, ha ha ha. Yes, keep talking about me, guys.
0: That's a dynamite Ryan Adams impression.
1: It's, yes, he nailed it's it. it. Exactly. It, 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 not, he, he probably got pissed off people thinking, oh, I'm Brian Adams. I'm not Brian
0: Adams. I'm Brian Brian Adams. And to prove it, I'm going to do Taylor Swift stuff. In fact, you know what's funny? This is probably the first time in his entire career that he's the more famous of the two. He's dealt with his whole career being Brian Adams being more famous. But I would say right now, Ryan Adams is probably the more famous Adams.
1: So do you think Brian Adams is now going to do a, a version of Ryan Adams 1989? That's a version of Taylor Swift 1989?
0: I would imagine so. I uh, think there's a 105% chance of that happening.
1: Okay. <laughs> And is there a tribute band of Brian Adams called Crying Adams that's somewhere in Manitoba right now that's not going to do their 1989?
0: Uh, You know what? I'm going to bring up something. Okay. And this is something I talked to you about earlier. And it's going to make you mad because when I brought this up to you a few days ago, it made you mad. But you advanced the position that it is somehow artistically bankrupt for artists to create cover albums of artists who've come before them. When meanwhile, your favorite Uh, band, your... The band you worship at the altar of, Metallica, did this. They did an album of cover songs. I'm being, and yet I'm, when they I'm, I'm do I'm it, it's sure, okay.
1: I'm making very sure to not like curse and lose control and dive over the table and punch you. Although that would probably be really good for the ratings. Um, you should let us
0: periscope it first. Like Let me set up the periscope before you come leaping off the table.
1: Because
0: <laughs> it's going to be a visual game.
1: I think those are two completely different things.
0: Because, because... one of them is a band you like.
1: Well, one, one is the greatest band in the history of the world. One is Ryan Adams. Um, two, the album you're talking about, Garage Inc., giving pub to them, yeah. Garage <laughs> Inc. is a compilation of some new stuff they recorded, but also covers that they did throughout, like, the 80s when they were B-sides to records. Remember when there were records? They're also called B-sides and singles. And you actually, a band would cover songs as a way to get people to come out to the shows, to the club and everything. Ryan Adams... As far as I've seen, looks like this was like his what his twentieth album.
0: He's made a lot of albums. Yeah, with
1: it just I, I don't like this. And by the way, I went to the source because if we're talking about Taylor Swift, I go to the source. I went
0: to the. You talked to Taylor Swift.
1: I, I wish, um, the Taylor Swift podcast called Taylor Talk or Taylor Talks. I should I should probably try to get that right. Uh, <laughs> Some dynamite research. Yeah, Taylor Talk. Um, <laughs>
0: There's a and, podcast dedicated solely to Taylor Swift. Yes,
1: Taylor Talk, cool. a Taylor Swift podcast. Um, no, I'm sorry, the Taylor Swift podcast. The, the. The Taylor Swift podcast. I was actually listening to it a little bit. on the They had the more, most recent episode talked about Ryan Adams, 1989. And there's three hosts. One of the hosts is a Ryan Adams fan, and he liked the version. The other two didn't know Ryan Adams and didn't like it. You know, so... They're in the middle of this. They're they're living, breathing, eating Taylor Swift. Not literally, we hope, because you know, that way she can't make she can't make music. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've reading I've, read, I've gone to some different articles. Um, Forbes variety to try to get different reviews. Is okay, am I on an island here? Am I the only person in the world that doesn't like this or doesn't think this is pure genius?
0: Is it no. what Forbes said or? Yeah.
1: No, no, Forbes agrees that it's like eh.
0: Because, again, here's the thing. Look, I, I, I listened to his version. It was it was, it was, was good. It was okay. I, I listened to some of it,
1: too. And one of them, like, I, I did a side-by-side comparison. Not the same time. That would be horrible. <laughs> like, Welcome to New York. The song Welcome to New York. All right, it's hers is fine. It's, it's, it's upbeat. It's poppy, whatever. His, I'm listening to this. I'm like, this sounds so much like Bruce Springsteen. And I'm reading some stuff on it. And this whole thing is, like, oh, yeah, I want to make it like Bruce Springsteen. And then there was another song where I'm like, this sounds exactly like some sort of, I can't place it like exactly in one of those old commercials of that's now, now that's what I call music, like from the mid nineties with some sort of like alternative rock. And everything I hear is always like referencing these other bands and how I want to do it this way. Like this other band, he's influenced by the people who came before him, but everything is like something else. I don't, you know, do you guy guy? Yeah. I went there guy. (laughs) I, I just, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's, I don't get it. I, you know, I don't, I, hey, I guess if people are buying it, whatever, that's, it's your money. Um, I just, it just, it, it seems so much like a gimmick to me. Um, Let me, that's uh, great. She's being compensated. Okay, fine. He's making money. I i expect then him to cover Kanye West's next album next
0: year. Maybe Kendrick Lamar, you know, maybe Jesse J. You, you don't think that would be interesting. What, what if Taylor Swift put out an album in which she did a track by track, cover of yeezus by kanye west don't you think that would be interesting wouldn't you want to hear that or at least i mean even if you're not a fan of either of those but you wouldn't at least be intrigued by it like oh that's kind of new and interesting that's a cool artistic statement well no excited because then then what now we're just
1: everyone's just going to start copying each other it's like okay how about you take your time and energy and make your own thing like i'm sure that's what your fans want is your own stuff if I want to listen to Kanye West, you know what I'll do? I'll listen to Kanye West. If I want to listen to Taylor Swift? I'll listen to Taylor Swift. Maybe I want to listen to Taylor Swift doing Kanye West. Well, that's a very odd and specific choice. Uh, and given their <laughs> that, his- that came out
0: stupid, now, you me, know what I mean.
1: Now, now, given their history, it's quite possible because speaking of promotion and you know publicity and all that stuff and self promoting, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> sure Kanye West will like that sort of thing. Getting doing a collaboration with uh, T Swizzle.
0: I heard something about them wanting to do that. I bet that's coming in the future.
1: It makes sense. People I, the the, uh, the money behind the scenes, I'm sure they tell people, "Hey, you know, this is really good stuff. You know, we're getting a lot of traction, getting a lot of hits." It's, it's some fat cat behind there. With some guy in glasses with a suit with a cigar. It's like, "Taylor, baby, listen, we think what you're doing with Kanye is really great."
0: <laughs> is, who is this guy? This uh, is this, mu- guy? this is music is this music industry fat cat. This is a music executive fat cat, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, he must not like our show very
1: much. I tell you, Ryan. Every time I hear it, I want to puke. In fact, I'm thinking I got my boys, Muggsy and uh, Rocco, down in Vegas. So I would think they're going to pay you a little visit. Oh my God! Wait is he is he the head
0: of a record company empire, or
1: is he a mob boss? Well, back then, in those days, those things kind of uh, the lines blurred. Speaking of lines blurred,
0: that guy owes me money too. <laughs> we need to hold on to that character. I want in future episodes. I want music industry fat cat to show up again. How do you keep coming up? Like, how can you keep doing all these characters? Like you had, you had Keith Richards a few weeks back. Now you have music industry, Fat Cat. Like there's, it's glorious. It just come to me. What can I say? It's a joy to have you on the show. We'll be right back. Bill Bolden, a.k.a. DJ Spruik is next on the Break the Business podcast. Are you an independent artist looking to promote a recent release or crowdfunding campaign? If so, the Break the Business podcast would love to help you out by giving you a shout out on the air email us at BreakTheBusiness at gmail.com and tell us about yourself and your project. It won't cost you anything. We're just looking for a way to give back to the artistic community that's given us so much. Again, that's BreakTheBusiness at gmail.com for a free shout out. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the podcast. He's an electropop DJ based out of Buffalo, New York. He recently completed a successful Kickstarter campaign where he raised over $25,000 for his upcoming project, Music to Die Alone in Space two a full-length LP in which every fan can receive a completely unique musical recording of the album. He is also the host of Bumpin' the Night, a weekly podcast of electronic music, which is available on iTunes and MTGCast. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Bolden, a.k.a. DJ Spruik, is on the Break the Business podcast.
2: (laughs) Hi, Bill. How's it going? Hello, Ryan. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on Break the Business.
0: Um, It is uh, very much a pleasure to have you on. So, uh, So far in the first few weeks of this podcast, we've had a lot of acoustic mainstream pop musicians, and they've been great, but I'm really excited to have an electronic artist on here, uh, get the electronic and electro-pop perspective on the indie music industry. Tell the people a little bit about your style of music and uh, the kind of projects that you do.
2: Okay. I've had my fingers in a number of different things. Um, They each sort of have their own style, but for many years, I was Spruke, a synth-pop DJ, making, um, making... New synth pop that's very much in the lines of uh, The Faint or TV on the radio, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very much borrowing from the twin trends of trance, industrial, but also rock um, all coming together into a sort of a pastiche kind of thing. And then also, I was the DJ spruik spinning straight pumping Electro House and Big Room every Monday without fail for three whole years now on listen to bump.com a new hour without repeating tracks, all new tracks every week. It's the mix that keeps coming. And now I'm trying something new. I'm going back and bringing my music composition degree and my film experience out to play with music to die alone in space two, which is a album that exists somewhere between deep, chill house, and ambient music. Um, And that was the Kickstarter that just finished.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, This is your latest project, Music to Lie Alone in Space to raised over $25,000. Congratulations to you and your fans, by the way. Thank you. Um, This is a unique project. Um, I came across this a few weeks ago, and it's not like any other crowdfunding campaign I've ever seen. It sort of changes the very notion of what it means even to produce music. Um, one of the things that we've often said on this show, Bill, is how changes in technology um, have, have made it easier than ever for artists to create music, promote music, and distribute music. And focusing specifically on that music creation, we've always said, oh, now recording uh, uh, recording technology is so cheap nowadays that artists can make music so much more easily. But you've turned that on his head because you're not just saying that artists can use this more democratize technology to make copies of music so much more easily you're saying that I can use this technology to give every fan conceivably its own unique version of the song um and you you know your your project also has voiceover artists doing things in there which is kind of interesting and you know giving every fan a unique experience uh, tell your tell us a little bit more about the unique material concept of Music to Die Alone in Space 2. And also, now that I think about it, uh, tell everybody about the story of the album, because I think that's interesting, too. Like, what what's the, uh, the narrative?
2: Well, so the narrative actually is pretty tightly tied to the delivery model. There's a reason why I think that this delivery model goes with Music to Die Alone in Space 2, and not with my next synth-pop album, which, for all we know, could sound like uh, Taylor Swift's 1984 or something. Um, The idea is that with a trend that's coming in music, there's an attempt with music becoming ever more disposable to try and reclaim some meaning and look for some ways in which music is not disposable. And I know all about music being disposable because I've kind of got the ultimate in disposable music culture, when I'm a DJ, who serves up 12 fresh tracks every week, usually, on my cast. Uh, 12 to 15, depending on how fast I mix them. Uh, The world of EDM is such that you can just call up anything you want, and there are thousands of tracks to be listened to and thrown away. Hey, I mixed in this Deep House song that sounds like... Okay, on to the next one, throw that out I want another one. Oh, this is cool but it has a sample Next one <laughs> And you see people pushing back against this it, I'm part of the problem And even I'm pushing back against it People want vinyl And people want audio That can be delivered in flack Or high quality People are trying to take back um, I think that there's a certain Kind of anxiety that comes With When you finally give in and use Spotify, when you start using Spotify, you admit to yourself, wow, all the music collection I ever bothered to create over all these years is kind of for nothing now because I can listen to all of that. Plus, I can listen to anything else I want on demand. And it's sort of paralyzing. Like when you can listen to everything, you can't listen to anything. So this idea is what's more vinyl than vinyl (laughs) <laughs> and that is the handmade album. When you get a copy of Music to Die Alone in Space 2, I've recorded that copy entirely just for you, and now you have sounds on your album that no one else ever gets to hear. And maybe on your album, at the four-minute mark of the track Adrift, there's a big echo, and you hear a ringing in the right ear, and a note pitches down, and maybe nobody else's copy has that. And now... You, you've solved this, this disposable music product. You've got something that's even more special than a vinyl. You've got an MP3 folder of, of songs or a FLAC folder of high-quality songs that are more yours than any music audience interaction we've had before. So that brings me to why is it music to die alone in space to? You need to do something like this with a very open-ended idea. It needs to be something that can go off in different directions, Uh, which took me to the sound of an astronaut dying alone in space. They are doing some unspecified activity on a spacewalk, and boom, their tether is severed, and they are flying out away at a very high velocity. And we all know the first time we're in physics class and we learn about the laws of motion And your physics teacher, you know, I'll never forget this moment when the physics teacher said, if somebody actually pushed you and you were in space, you would just go forever. You couldn't swim back. And it's like, wow. I, I think that really resonates with people. What that gave me working with this concept as we just sit there and wait for this astronaut to run out of air is it gave me the patient setting I would need to pull something like this off. So that when I'm feeding all these random elements in and making all these tracks where I'm not programming specific melodies, I'm writing little programs that cause melodies to be written. Um, They, they have time to breathe. You have time to let the randomness come to life in a way that had I made this a rock album or something, I wouldn't.
0: Yeah. God, you, you know, it, it's it's. Oh, what's funny about the music industry is that sometimes it seems like everything old is new again. Um, Back in the old days of recorded music, you go way back to wax cylinders. um, Artists used to record their their recorded material one at a time. The artist would literally have to sit, sit in the studio, sing or perform the album, and it would get made on the cylinder. And then they would have to bring in the next one and record it again. So every listener got their own unique copy of that song. And here we are again in 2015, and you're delivering people the same thing. It's fascinating.
2: So then the next element of customization comes in. We've already established that each person is going to be getting a unique variation on this album, where in every track, there will be little moments that that make their sound only sound like theirs and since i'm doing this for people that brought in the next customization element which is the voiceovers so with the money we've raised i'm i have the budget to hire 12 different voice actors wow um who will be spread out among a wide different variety of languages genders accents and styles of their performance on the behest of my backers. As a matter of fact, it's actually happening this week. We're running the behind-the-scenes backer poll where all my backers are writing into me and saying, what I would want most is for a, this to be read by a British man. What I would want most is for a Chinese astronaut to read this. What I would want is for a Russian to speak it, but in English, because I don't speak Russian. <laughs> um, everyone's telling me what they want. And... I, it's impossible. Like, I can't satisfy everybody, but I do have enough data to work with that I can pick 12 people who will hit a lot of different notes. Um, now, when people, when I'm actually filling out people's individual copies, I'm writing to the backers and saying, okay, it is time for me to record your copy of Music to Die Alone in Space 2. All the sounds are going to be scrambled, everything's going to be different, the tracks will sound weird. Which voiceover of these 12? Do you want on your copy? Um, these are the ones that I've hired that you can choose from, and they can say, "Well, I'll have the Japanese girl on mine," and then that is now so much more like their album. It's not only they've they've been involved in the whole creation.
0: Man, that's very very cool. It again, it's you know, it's perhaps the next level of what content creation can be. So.
2: This is one of those things, too, where you remember, you know, um, sometimes people do these things and uh, the music industry is like, oh, us, too. Look, we can be cool. Like, I remember uh, (laughs) Radiohead did did pay what you want and they did this when they were off label. And then other companies were trying to get on board with pay what you want. And it was just embarrassing. Or uh, Nine Inch Nails, once they were fully off label and they could do whatever they wanted, they made the whole alternate reality game for their album and I'm sitting around being like, yeah, I can't wait to hear the Black Eyed Peas. reality game. That's not gonna that's not gonna happen. The the alternate reality universe complete with dystopian websites to promote Will I Am's new album. So this is the kind of thing that's cool specifically because it's indie, honestly, because even the 25 grand is awesome. I got 310 copies of this to make. That is about my upper limit of what I'm prepared to make. Um, at about two hours a copy of work, that's 600 hours of work. That's a quarter of a work year.
0: Goodness. Work. So
2: I'm going to be in the studio for a while. And that's kind of cool because, you know, Lady Gaga can't do this. I just, Not unless she hires out a farm of little minions to do it. But then it's not really her, is it?
0: Yeah. And uh, and as you indicated before, your crowdfunding campaign was a big hit. You were able to raise a lot of money. Can you give uh, indie artists out there a little bit of advice, some tips on how they might be able to uh, achieve their own success in crowdfunding?
2: I I have a number of things that I would believe contributed to my project's success. And since this is a business-oriented podcast, I'm okay with Pulling back the curtain to show the wizard behind the scenes a little. Um, Much
0: appreciated.
2: Basically, nothing can replace coming in with an existing fan base. Okay? So the first thing is when you do a project like this, you have to cash in all your tickets you've earned prior. Um, You go back and you have all the things you've built the goodwill you built, and it's sort of like you're spending it on this because you are asking people to pre-fund your project for you. Um, One one mistake that I see a lot of rookie people make is they're always draining that balance and never replenishing it. And I think this is a really important concept. When you ask for a Patreon, when you ask for a Kickstarter, when you ask for people to go upvote something on Reddit or something— that's that's a debit. And when you put out a song for free or you spend an hour on Twitter answering everyone's questions or you appear on a fun podcast or you make a cool webisode or do something service y that's a credit. And some people come in and see my success and say, where did all that come from? And they don't see that I kind of came in with a high-riding social media balance full of credits I'd earned that it was okay to debit by telling people, come be part of this, and exciting them about it. I know it doesn't feel that bad, because obviously it seems like a great value transaction. People probably didn't even feel like they were being asked for a, a debit which is fine because it's it's an awesome product, Mm -hmm. me and them both. But if you are asking for these kind of things, even if they're individually cool, and you're not building back up those credits in the meantime, you don't have the perpetual positive goodwill balance to be a loved creator in exchange with your audience. Does that make sense?
0: It absolutely does. And so I would say, not to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like at the core of that is being a prolific content creator. You always have to give your fans more stuff and always have a steady stream of content. You can't be one of those artists that, you know, puts out an album with 12 tracks and then rides that album for three years and wonders where all your fans go. You always have to be creating new stuff. And it seems like you do that. You have your podcast and all these other projects going on and, and you're always giving your fans something new.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm almost, you know, a neurotic content creator. And I think you kind of have to be a little crazy, uh, A lot of the, I mean, it's not unlike the blogosphere, where the most prolific bloggers, the people whose blogs became little media empires like Andrew Sullivan at the Dish or Glenn Greenwald, these are people who blogged every day, done twice a day, three times a day, and it was good quality, not always just content mill quality. And then they would cash that in every once in a while with the big piece, the book or the giant manifesto report of journalism that was 25 pages long that you would normally never read if it wasn't from a name you'd already grown to trust from the little drips all the time. So that's the first thing I want to tell young fans out there is basically practice for your Kickstarter by doing what you love already. Get the momentum rolling and be riding a positive social media goodwill credit balance because some people want to show up and the first thing they want to do is dip below zero and you just can't do that. So that's the first thing I wanted to share. Right on. Uh, The next one is you have to come at the Kickstarter, making it look like you care. And like you spent some time. I really think that for being a one man operation, I made that Kickstarter video look great.
0: I would have uh, never guessed you were a one-man operation. Like <laughs> <Look at it. laughs> I, I thought, you had—I thought you had like your Spruik team with how uh, how sharp that video looked.
2: No, that's uh, that was me and my wonderful wife.
0: Oh, um, kudos to you
2: both. Yes, uh, there was. There's just no excuse. I had somebody writing me. They said, "I really love your Kickstarter video. I want to make one like yours. Um, can you give me tips?" And they're like, by the way, all I have to film on is my phone, and it's just no. If, if you're not going to be in this for the cost of a nice new Canon DSLR, then why should fans be in this to the tune of their hard-earned money? When I'm sure you want to raise fifty grand or whatever it is that first-time funders always think they're going to raise. My, my goal for this, by the way, was two thousand dollars. Oh, so you you slightly overshot it. I did. I did slightly overshoot it. Um, <laughs> oh, excuse me. So sank the money, got the camera. You didn't have to go crazy, but you have to invest in that. If you don't know how to edit your own video using iMovie, use Fiverr.com. They have people there who will perform any technical task for you, whatever you need. For very agreeable rates that are fair market value, you can throw your video file up there and say, I need somebody to edit this and make it look good for me, and there will be people who will come back and say, I can do that for you for $45, things like that. Fiverr is an amazing site. Terrific Um, site. Absolutely. And I feel like it's great because for the people who are offering those services, they are offering them cheaply to you, and yet it's not like they're getting taken advantage of because they are being fed work constantly all day and they get to pick and choose and exercise control over their own workload. It's just a fantastic economy. Um,
0: It's interesting what you said about Kickstarter videos. I once had an artist tell me, actually, no, it wasn't an artist. It was um, Amanda Palmer's manager once told me the most important video that an artist can make, you know, the one that's coming up, um, the one video you don't want to go cheap on the one video that you don't want to you know, half-ass, so to speak, is the Kickstarter video. If you're going to have a good quality video in your arsenal, it's the Kickstarter video because you're trying to make a pitch with it.
2: Yes. You produce the hell out of that video. It is not only, not only is it your pitch, but it's also your chance to show your passion. And that's the other thing that I think you can take away from my example. Um, and I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm some authority who rewrote the book on kickstarting just because I raised 25 grand once. Um, It's not like that, but I do know what it is I did that, that people fed off of. And one of those things is that the kickstarter video showed, gave me an outlet to show my passion. So one of the things that worked about it was that I was in it just geeking out about my project because I think this album is cool. I think it's groundbreaking. I think the music sounds pretty while having this incredibly moving story, while having a delivery method. And I just wanted to put myself in front of the camera and be like, oh my God, how do you keep me to only talking for just, you know, three minutes about it? <laughs> I, I I could talk and, and have talked on other podcasts for an hour about it. Um But when you give people a chance to see you like that and you combine that with high production value that goes to show like hey this isn't an idea oh I I have a perfect thing to say okay um so my my wife used to work for a woman who was a feminist who didn't really like putting on makeup why why should you have to paint your face, men don't have to, Um, it's not fair. And she would actually talk at long length about how she shouldn't be required to. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when she would go to a talk, she would make sure that she was putting on makeup beforehand and she would make sure that it was visible. Like not just subtle makeup, but very visible makeup. And it's like, well, if you feel this way, then why are you going to extra effort to make sure that people can tell you're wearing makeup? And it's like, because the message that I want to send is that I bothered to put on makeup for this. So they have to know that it means at least that much to me. (laughs) And so I sort of feel the same way where if you're just going to do a candid talk and film it with your phone and put it online, you're not proving to people that it isn't just another day. You dragged yourself into the office. Maybe your idea is just something you got really high and thought of like, Oh man, what if I made this album? You come with a produced video, that's like saying, I I just need everybody to see, I took the time to put on makeup for everyone here today.
0: And if it doesn't seem like you care, why should they care?
2: Yes. And it, that just goes to show that I care. Um, it also didn't hurt that the video shows the music. The video is a great way to show the music, as well as showing the cover art, which again, Fiverr. It's a mix of people who I've personally known and loved, artists I've made connections through with Twitter, and then just people who stood out on Fiverr, and they keep blowing me away.
0: Um, And so, transitioning uh, for uh, for a sec here to your social media, much of what you said was critical to your success in Kickstarter. Was uh, among other things, always putting out a constant stream of content um, to build that following. was that Is that sort of the most critical component in creating the social media following that you have? Um, are there any other tips that you can give to artists for helping boost their profile on a website like Twitter?
2: I mean, so for Twitter, just I probably tweet 70 to 80 times a day. It's just absurd. Um, <laughs> I feel that you have to make yourself worth following, and the first step is to actually post. I don't know how many people ask me for help with their Twitters and I look back at their timelines and they're posting once per day. I mean, you know, the most people follow like 500 to a thousand people. And especially if some of those are hashtag brands like Taco Bell or something (laughs) that tends to post about three times in the lunch hour, again at 2 p.m., then about three times around dinner time, then you are falling off their front page in minutes. The way I have my Twitter set up, it's a fire hose. And so you have to consistently make it into their feed. You have to be timely and you have to have something valuable to say.
0: Well, how do you come up with things to post to post so often every day?
2: Fortunately for me, I have the fact that I I think I'm funny, working for me. <laughs> so if you've been following me for any length of time, I mostly tweet humor. Um, I probably intersperse about five to ten humor tweets interspersed with, like, one link to that week's bump in the night. Um, there are tools like Buffer and HootSuite being used that fold into that, that help automate some of the more boring tweets. So things like... You you know for instance to promote my iOS app which is one of my current pushes because you can get bump in the night delivered to your phone that is something that I don't feel the need to tweet myself about so I have a library of about twenty different ways to tweet have you downloaded the iOS app and it will draw from one of those about every three or four days and post that um, that's kind of the thing I wouldn't for your listeners out there who are just starting to build. I wouldn't start with that. Obviously, it doesn't make that much sense until you have so much of a backlog. You know, once I had my fingers in like the eighth stew, (laughs) I thought it's time to start automating these finger stew relationships. Sure. Um, Being funny helps. And honestly, being human helps. Most of my tweets are about. Gosh, gosh. I really have a couple series. They're they're either Magic the Gathering or being a liberal and a feminist or um how weird the lyrics in Tech House are. <laughs> and I've just sort of got these themes that that make up my Twitter. And so magic people follow me and other DJs follow me and um Liberals and feminist and atheist journalists follow me because I sort of combine these several pools. And that's actually something that Hollywood, or should I just say the record company approach to artists personalities misses, they try to make artists stand for like one thing because you only have, I don't know, maybe they think they're competing for attention. I used to tell people when somebody asks you, hey, what's your music like? You can't tell them, oh, you know, it's hard to pin us in a box. We're kind of like this, but mixed with this, but mixed with the other thing, because you tell them nothing, right? Whereas if you just swallowed your pride, and even though I'm sure you're nothing like Coldplay, you said, you know, we kind of sound like Coldplay except harder, then they're like, okay, great. Now at least they have an idea what you sound like, but more importantly, they're at least interested Right. When you only have time for an elevator pitch, keep it simple. However, with Twitter, you're not making an elevator pitch. You're kind of starting an ongoing dialogue with your followers that will last for years. And that's what I am on Twitter today is the product of a continuous conversation that I've been having for 4 years. That gives me the kind of depth I need to actually flesh myself out fully. So, no, my elevator pitch would be, like, follow Spruke? Well, I mean, you should. Let's see. I talk about magic. I talk about board games a lot, and sometimes I talk about video games. Also, I talk about DJing. No, I would never say that. (laughs) But in actually executing the Twitter strategy, which is me just being myself about 50 to 80 times a day, all day for just endlessly, then I have time for all that. And now my followers... You know they meet me sometimes, and they they already know me. They invite sometimes they get a board game I like out of their bag and be like, you want to play around with this?" Because I brought this, and it's like, "Yeah, I love that game." They they already know what it is they want me to sign, and and the music companies aren't doing that, right? They they take an angle like, "All right, what's Taylor Swift?" And it's like, "Well, she's innocent country girl turned breakup girl." What's a Macklemore? Oh, he's he's funny. He's a he is he is silly, he's chill, he'll just ride a moped. But like what's spook? Well, I don't know. You follow me and you start getting the picture.
0: Right. That's so
2: That's what I have to say about the social media thing.
0: That's pretty outstanding. Um and you know, I got to say you said you were a uh, you know, I think you said you were a music composition major. Uh a lot of the stuff you said makes you makes me sound like you makes you sound like, you know, you you have an MBAs thinking almost. You know, you you seem to understand you know, the, the, the sort of marketing and promotion principles that they teach in business school. I was a business school grad, by the way. So I mean, everything you were telling me is stuff that I paid a lot of money to a professor to tell me, and I should have just hung out with you for four years.
2: I I get that a lot from people. It's, I don't know. It's not that hard. I think that, um, what people can pick up on is authenticity and I think there's the sense where if you're tweeting if, – if you take my advice and you tweet 50 times a day and it's so that one day you can be a famous rock star, nobody will care. But if you're tweeting 50 times a day and it's because you're you and that's part of what you're doing and that helps you on the path to that goal, then that's cool.
0: I want to take this opportunity now, Bill, and – show the listeners out there a little bit of the fruits of your labor. Um, we have a, a, uh, a track from Music to dialone in Space 2 that you rendered specifically for the podcast. Is that right?
2: Yes, this one is specifically for the podcast. So since I have an apparatus here where to make Music to dialone in Space 2 the way I did, I made it so that every time the track outputs, it outputs different. So I'm not just sharing a track with you. I actually just output a fresh version of it for you. And so now this is what yours sounds like. No one else's will sound like this on the album. And I'd actually like to annotate it as it plays, calling out a few things that are only the way they are because of this.
0: Uh, that sounds awesome. i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to play this song right now on the podcast. I'm going to turn my mic all the way down and just let you annotate, narrate on this so people can learn more about your process and learn more about this song. I think that's an outstanding idea. So cool. we're going we're gonna to play this now. This is um, off of uh, the, the title of Void, Render 21, off of Music to Die Alone in Space 2, uh, annotated by Bill Bolden, a.k.a. DJ Spruik, here on the Break the Business podcast.
2: So when you have a track like Void, you have things that make all the voids the same song. They're all part of the same family. They're not just noise. If I play my Void and your Void, they're both recognizable as voids. But what makes your Void your Void? Every Void has this pattern. But, the exact pattern in which it's going, they'll always end with that at the end. However, maybe another person's might be So there's a lot of interplay in that. And since that's the main feature of the song is that pattern, that gives a huge amount of randomness to people's patterns. Now the bass starts rumbling. The bass on every person's copy is different. So the bass patch keeps changing as well as the individual thump of each bass note. So that expresses differently on every copy of the album. Now you begin to hear these big void sounds coming in. Those are built in a huge um modeling river that models a huge space for the sound to play in. And actually, every time I record it, I change the size and shape of that room to change what the fur next is. conventionally written passages to help keep people's versions of the songs all still accomplishing the same songwriting purpose some passages are the same on every album and this is one of those And my favorite thing, every episode of Void, no matter the render, and no matter what the pattern sounds like, they all go down here.
0: All right. That was tremendous. Thank you very much for letting us play that on the show, Bill. And uh, thank you very much for annotating it. That I feel like you gave the listeners a window into that song that they wouldn't have otherwise had. And that's awesome. Thanks so much.
2: Yeah, that was kind of fun. I just feel like when you're only listening to one variant of it, then you have no idea that it's not just another song that's like other songs. But I was trying to kind of illustrate. Um, Stay tuned, you know, because one day in uh, December, when people start getting their custom copies, somebody may release theirs or upload it and you'll hear that album and their void will will have a lot in common. You'll be like, oh, I think I know that song. But each sound is different. Everything's just a little... And maybe the whole thing, you know, just comes off differently.
0: Uh, Before we uh, tell everybody where they can find you on websites and social media, uh, do you have um, any other specific tip that uh, general tip that you can give to indie artists out there on uh, how to move forward in the indie music industry and do it in a way that you've been able to?
2: I mean, I would love to just do a quick shotgun approach. Um, Even better. (laughs) Yeah. Let me just give you some tidbits. If your music isn't on YouTube, it doesn't exist. It has to be on YouTube, and it has to come up as the first result for searches for your artist name and song title. If you don't know how to put it on YouTube, use a service called TunesToTube.com, which will just take MP3s and put them on your YouTube channel for you. SoundCloud takes down almost everything now. You should look to moving to MixCloud if you're doing anything remotely DJ-related. Facebook's ads are mostly a ripoff. Twitter's are actually not. They really deliver, and you can get a lot of return on Twitter advertisements. And uh, let me see. How about one more? Oh, it doesn't hurt to choose a new word for your name like spruik or something because then you get – all the domain names, Twitter names, etc. You want something that's going to be available on every surface. Nobody likes to call themselves The Dudes and then find that they can't get the domain name and then they wind up being at The Dudes Music. Uh, Continued shotgun approach. (laughs) Go for it. Waiting and building the perfect 12-track LP For your opening magnum opus where it all comes together will not be as well received or as listened to as releasing 12 one-track singles that are just mixtapes or just you doing the best you can and growing a fan base as you go, then combining them all at the end later. Uh, You should respond to every tweet if you can help it. I have a million followers. I still respond to every single tweet. Even if it's only by clicking favorite, you have to interact with every single tweet you get, or else people will not be incentivized to interact with you again. Okay, that's all the shotgun style tips I have.
0: That was so much better than just giving me one. I much appreciate that. Tell the listeners where they can find you on social media and on your website.
2: I am Spruke on everything. I am Spruke on Twitter, S-P-R-U-K-E. I am Spruke on Facebook. I am Spruke on Instagram and on my mostly inactive now SoundCloud because I don't like their copyright policies. I am Spruke on MixCloud where there is over a month's worth of DJ mix to listen to. You could start listening to my MixCloud profile and just not stop And it would play for a month. It's crazy. You can always listen to Bump in the Night at ListenToBump.com, which is a website that you just visit and you're listening to Bump just like that. And Bump in the Night is in the iOS app store. You can download the app for your iPhone or iPad and get the Bump in the Nights delivered to your device every Monday morning. Okay.
0: that That was outstanding bill thank you so much for being on the podcast and please don't be a stranger we'd really love to have you on again real soon the advice you gave is great you have a great grasp of the industry and everything that you said is going to be invaluable for the listeners so thanks very much for coming on you're welcome all right uh, we'll be back on the break the business podcast hi ryan here from the podcast if you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness@gmail.com. At you can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan Kair. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Thanks to DJ Spruik, Bill Bolden, for being on the show. He was a great interview, super informative. If you want to learn more about him, you can find him on Twitter, at Spruik. He was very, very great. I hope we can have him on again real soon. All right, Dave, it's the D-Block. It's your world. We're doing doing the game show, right? It's my world. Everyone else is just living in it. All right, so we're doing Dave's As Yet Untitled Game Show. How? ever no. yes that was a title last week yeah. yes it was okay so each week you've promised me that you're going to come up with a title for the game show you say you've been hiring writers and having all these things happen yet each week when i play the imaging for this game show it's the same title still dave's as yet untitled game show you have one job dave to come up with a title for this do we have a title yet we do have a title. Really?
1: Yes. Uh, we recorded uh, something for you uh, for it. Okay. All right. That, thank you, folks. That. Settle That's down. Very some. kind. They're, they're excited. Okay, We've yeah. been
0: waiting a long time for this. Settle. 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 Ha <laughs> <Settle. laughs> Lawyer jokes. Settle. So we have, we have a title. Yeah. All right. So uh, when I push this button, we're going to have a title for this game show. You're not screwing with me. No, no, no. When you push that button, sound will emanate. I'm aware of that. But is that sound going to be a title for the game show? cuz yes. you promised. Yes. Okay, I'm so excited. Here right. we go.
1: Hit it, boys. Now, it's time for Dave's As Yet Untitled Game Show here on the Break the Business podcast. Here's Dave. Thanks, Dave. Come on.
0: What? You You said that there was a title this week. You said you came up with a title. That's That's not a title. That's the same That's the same imaging I've been playing every week. But that's the title. No, it's not the title. It's just the same recycled thing you've been doing week to week. It's not a new title. So, if I'm
1: hearing you correctly, you don't like recycled content.
0: I want you. I want something new, yes.
1: But not but an hour ago, you were singing the praises of Ryan Adams oh. in 1989, Recycling Taylor Swift. You know what this calls for?
0: Was that you dropping a mic, except that was a pen? Well, these mics are expensive. I'm, yeah, not, I'm not a savage. But yes, for... Effect, that's the pen. Yeah. All so
1: right. I, I got you. I got you.
0: So uh, real quick, tell everybody how this game works. I'm so mad.
1: Okay. Uh, you know, before and after, um, y- y- you should know how the game works by now. If, if we also, we've also we now got a back catalog to listen to, so please go
0: back and listen to those. So it's a before and after style game. If I'm right, uh, we play <laughs> the right sound. Yeah. If I get them wrong.
1: Wrong. <laughs>
0: we played the wrong sound. Um, the right. set. I guess it's best two out of three wins. Although I got two out of three white last week and you still said I lost. I've never actually won this I, game
1: because I, I told you, you can do double or nothing. And you like a sheep going over the cliff chose to double down and you were wrong.
0: All right. Um, it, it was so enjoyable. What kind of difficulty am I in for this week for your as yet untitled game show?
1: Uh, I mean, for the educated listeners out there, usually these are pretty good for the pea brain like you. I mean, you know, I don't <sighs> know. Um, Generally speaking, whenever people tell me that they listen to the show, they always seem to get it right.
0: So, See, I hear that, too. I have had people email me and tweet me and be like, oh, how did you not get that one right, Ryan? And I feel like all those people are liars. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm calling all of our listeners liars. The ones who come to me and say, oh, I totally knew that one. There's no way you knew that one. You know that one after he gives you the answer. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like yeah it's
0: really easy to know it after he gives you the answer i think all of our listeners are lying these are really hard and nobody should be able to get them right well i kind of hope you can but... except i never do mm-hmm. all right but i'm feeling good this week yeah, um right. i've been doing those lumosity brain challenges i feel like i'm at peak mental capacity right now so i'm gonna get a lot more uh <laughs> I, I and then less of these
1: wrong. i heard that's just really great at making you great at those games not at actually doing anything for your brain outside of it but okay that's fine
0: Well, we'll find out, won't we? Oh, we will. Let's do this. All right. Movies. Okay, so these are movies again? Or at least the first one's a movie? Okay.
1: Movies, yes. All right. Kevin McAllister goes real dark when he teams up with the absent-minded professor. How many are here? Two. There's two of them? Yeah, the usual two. (sighs) Once again, Kevin McAllister goes real dark when
0: he teams up with the absent-minded professor. The absent-minded professor. Okay, so, I mean, the first piece, Kevin McAllister, I think, Home Alone. But The Absent-Minded Professor, that was that was an old Disney movie that was eventually remade into the movie Flubber. That was the original title of The Absent-Minded Professor back in the day. Again, you know, dated movie references from you. But I don't uh, see how those two fit together. Home Alone Flubber doesn't work. Um, but maybe there's like a... Maybe it's one of the sequels, like Home Alone Two, Lost in New York, Flubber. That doesn't absent mind. Give it to me again. I don't think I'm. I'm not. I'm, I might be way off, but give it to me one more time. Kevin McAllister goes real dark
1: when he teams up with the absent-minded professor.
0: The absent-minded professor. Home Alone. Home Alone Two. Lost in New York. There was a Home Alone Three, I think, but three. Four. I'm sorry, I don't know this one. I know Home Alone, and I got like flubber, but well, I can't put it together. You got
1: to dig deep and listen to the clues. So you're, you've given up. I've given up wrong.
0: Yes. I know you love that. I know it sustains you.
1: It, it, it's slowly becoming the reason I wake up in the morning. <laughs> it's that's my, my existence is starting to become defined by this.
0: I think when you go back and listen to the podcast episodes, I bet you don't even listen to the whole episode. You just like fast forward all the way to the end, just to the part where you hear wrong and just listen wrong! to that. Over and over in continuous loop. That's my theory. Maybe. Okay. What is the answer? Because now I'm genuinely curious. Kevin McAllister goes real
1: dark when he teams up up with the absent-minded professor, the good son of Flubber.
0: Oh, that's not fair. uh,
1: Kevin McAllister goes real dark. Macaulay Culkin is a freaking murderer in the good son. The absent-minded professor had a sequel back then before it was remade later on with Fred McMurray. Son of Flubber.
0: The good Fred Mick You just you just let Fred McMurray into this podcast. Yeah. Of all of all the dinosaur fossilized references you have imposed upon this show, you come busting here with Fred freaking McMurray. I thought Jimmy Stewart Do m- you have something against Fred McMurray? Everyone loves him. I don't think any of our listeners know who Fred McMurray is. You're doing it. Email him, please, Fred McMurray. I mean, unless like people were watching I Love Lucy, you know, reruns on Nick at Night, and maybe like caught him in his, as a guest spot or something. Fred McMurray. I wonder if he was on I Love Lucy. And, and first of all, you understand? And, 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 am I letting my anger, sort of bitterness, like, be cast upon you unfairly? No, I'm not. Because his name was not Kevin McAllister. His name was Macaulay Culkin. You threw me off when you said Kevin McAllister. You had me thinking Home Alone. Yeah, I like he, threw you, you off. That's you know he point. did other movies, not many other movies.
1: That's the whole point of the game is to make you think outside the box. You, we've been doing this now for a while. This is now this is like the sixth show, and also we've just been doing it you and me. So this is your That fault.
0: was such a dated reference. Whatever. Shame on you. Okay, I'm, I'm right. playing from behind, yes. but I'm recovering. Let's do this. Let's do this.
1: All right. Now, okay, let's see. I, I have to sort of I have these in a certain order, but I almost wonder if I should save which one's the easier one, which one's the harder one. I kind of want to save the harder one for while. I feel last. like you're
0: just toying with me.
1: Yes, like a lion toying with his prey. Essentially, yes. You're, you're dead and you don't even know it.
0: <laughs> They're um,
1: already dead. Mm, all right. All right, this one kind of has a music feel to it. All right.
0: Okay, let's do this. All right. I'm feeling this.
1: Justin Bieber. Ugh. Puts on a show accompanied with the unauthorized return of a secret agent.
0: Let's hear this again.
1: Justin Bieber uh, puts on a show accompanied with the unauthorized return of a secret agent.
0: Is your. Wait, is part of the clue you groaning?
1: Justin Bieber uh, (laughs) puts on a show accompanied with the unauthorized return of a secret agent.
0: Justin Bieber. Ugh. Okay,
1: uh, <laughs> you gotta say it right. That's a sliggle there.
0: <laughs> sorry, I, I want to make sure I get the words of your clue perfect. Okay, after what comes after the groan puts on,
1: puts on a show, accompanied with the unauthorized return of a secret agent.
0: Unauthorized return of a secret agent, and this is a music or movie? Maybe both. Maybe both. Okay, I mean,
1: kind of ish. Yeah.
0: I mean, you have. I mean, when I think Secret Agent, I think James Bond. When I think Justin Bieber, I think Never Say Never. And like James Bond, didn't he have a movie called Never Say Never Again? And like, and Justin Bieber was Never Say Never. And but like, I kind of feel like that doesn't really fit too well because you kind of like they're supposed to kind of be independent and then they come together in the middle and Never Say Never is a full title. And I'm so afraid that if I say this is the answer and I'm wrong, that I'm going to lose again and continue my losing streak. What's your answer? Oh God, um... You know, I'm going to go with it. Never say never again. Final answer. Mm, mm, Sorry, that's not right. That's
1: what I was looking for. Wrong! For God's sake. But, but because, why did you cut it off? Never say never, never say never again. (laughs) No! Let me hear it again. Let me hear the answer. Never again. say, never say, never again. Oh,
0: that is bull
1: crap. That's genius. That's funny. That is a dump truck full of hot garbage. He had a freaking concert movie called Never Say Never. Yes. Never Say Never Again. It's really clever.
0: That is actually why very would clever. you throw
1: out the rule and and just do your own thing? Can
0: I get half a point? <laughs> I was in the no. You're right. Never say, never say, never again. That was actually very creative, and I hate you for how creative that was. Yeah,
1: well wrong. I'm starting to think I should be the host of the show. I mean, what do you bring to the table?
0: Yeah, not much recently.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh for two. you once again have disappointed yourself, your family, your fans, everyone. This is becoming real dark and depressing.
0: A cloud is over you. You know, I can't help but feel like I'm you've been night. using the D-Block not as much as an entertainment vehicle, but just a weekly dem- demolition of my self-esteem. That's what you've decided this has to be. Like, you're trying to make me feel bad each week. Wouldn't
1: it be great if this was like a long con, like you did something to wrong me in sixth grade and I've been working my way up to revenge ever since?
0: And, and this is your... This is the, the reckoning? <laughs> well... I know round three doesn't matter because I've already gotten the first two wrong. And damn it, I was so close with that second one. But I'm sure all the listeners are like, oh, I got it right, Ryan. What's wrong with you? Hey, don't belittle them. I've become so contemptuous of the listeners. I'm sorry, listeners. Yeah. I get very upset when I play this game and never win.
1: Listen, keep listening, all right? At least you got your old pal Dave here, okay? Love you, buddy. Oh, I love you too. All right, last one. Let's do it. All right.
0: Consolation prize. Moral victory. Let's get the moral yeah. victory.
1: All right, movies. Mister Kaplan, you are cordially invited to meet me at the top of Mount Rushmore, where we shall do battle with my aquatic-themed associates. Feel free to bring along your aeronautical friends as well.
0: Okay, I got to be real with you. I didn't hear any of that clue because once you went into that accent, I just got lost in the accent. Oh, good. Can I just get the accent again? Like, I'll use that for my audition reel. Yeah, that that, that should definitely be part of your uh, your All right. demo tape.
1: Mr. Kaplan, you are cordially invited to meet me at the top of Mount Rushmore, where we shall do battle with my aquatic-themed associates. Feel free to bring along your aeronautical friends as well.
0: How many parts are there to this? Mm, two. There's two in there? The normal. Mr. Kaplan? Yes, Ka- Mr. Kaplan. Who is this character supposed to be?
1: That's part of the clue, Ryan, isn't it? It wouldn't be a sport if I told you.
0: I feel like this character is the character that I would encounter if I get washed up on the island, and this is the guy who hunts the most dangerous game man for sport. That's who that sounds like to me.
1: Has he done that?
0: I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> and I kind of feel like that guy right now, <laughs> come to think of it.
1: I'm going to stuff you and put your head on the wall.
0: Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm feeling it. All right, give, me, give it to me one more time just because that accent makes right. me giggle.
1: Mr. Kaplan, you are cordially invited to meet <laughs> me at the top of Mount Rushmore where we shall do battle with my aquatic-themed associates. Feel free to bring along your aeronautical friends as well. Oh.
0: Mount Rushmore. Oh, God. Feel free to bring your aquatic-themed associates as well. God, what was the movie where they were on the top of Mount Rushmore? I wanna say, I wanna say that was maybe like North by Northwest, I think. And, you know, aquatic themed associates. So, I mean, I don't know if this is right, but I'm gonna assume it's North by Northwest. And I'm trying to think aquatic themed associates. Like, what is a movie with water where it's west in the, there's nearly nothing. North by. I'm sorry, I don't know the answer.
1: Wrong! Again. Wrong again.
0: Wrong. 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 Yes.
1: <laughs> I delight in your pain.
0: You can, did can, it again. Wait, can, can you say that in that accent? I delight in your
1: pain. Very Ryan. good. Yes. Wrong. Your blubbling mass on the floor. Oh yes, I have you in my power now, Ryan. There's no escape. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> is, that, is that too much, folks?
0: That was a little too. <laughs> got, got a little excessive.
1: Okay, there. whatever. I don't. Hey, man. I don't, I'm having fun.
0: Did I at least get the first half right? North by Northwest Side Story. North by Northwest Side Story. Jets and Sharks. Oh, come on! I
1: was thinking like Little Mermaid or something. Aquatic-themed associates, bring your aeronautical friends as well.
0: Jets and Sharks. Oh, that's actually very clever. Yes! You jerk! That's a good Steve Martin movie. Aquatic-themed associates, bring your aeronautical friends as well. Sharks, jets, North by Northwest... And and who who was I doing there? Who was the voice? I have no idea. Who was what? The, the, the who's the bad guy? North by Northwest. I honestly don't know anything about North by Northwest other than the fact that they fought on the top of okay, Mount Rushmore. Played Captain Nemo Sorry. in Twenty
1: Thousand Leagues Under the Sea with Kirk Douglas and Peter laurie
0: Stop with the old movies, Can, You know I want to make. You know, rarely do I ever try to exercise any control over this podcast. Anything want to do, I pretty much let you do because you're so creative. Yes, for can some I, reason. Can I make at least one edict for this show that if you're going to do movies, it's got to be a movie like in the last 20 years?
1: Like the title, we'll be taking under, under advisements. <sighs> By the way, uh, actor James Mason. That was James Mason? Yes, that was James Mason. For all you kids out there, all you James Mason-holics.
0: Can you... <laughs> Listeners, write to break the business at gmail.com and tell us, do these fossilized references, do they upset you? Like, did, when Dave does this, is this something you find entertaining when he comes out with these incredibly fossilized references, or is this something you enjoy?
1: By the way, can I ask you a question? Uh, yeah. Which, h- how many centuries of cinema would you like me to pull these from? I, I, it's very limited, just in case you're wondering. You know, up until recently, there's only been the one. Now we've got, you know, 15 years into the second. So, you know, just wondering. <sighs> Uh, I stumped you. This dead air now. Great. <laughs> no more
0: Fred McMurray. That's, that's, that's what I ask. No more Fred
1: McMurray. Uh, okay. I can. I think I can work with that.
0: Fine. No I, more Fred I know. Mc- I'm going to ruin your Fred McMurray-themed Dave's As It Untitled Game Show you have planned next week.
1: Yeah. But, uh, you know, that was good. Um, do you want another a, 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 an actual title next week?
0: I would love very much to have an actual title next week. Are you going to have an actual title next week? I will give you an answer. <laughs> Thank you. That was well done, Dave. Yes. Uh, thanks very much for your as yet untitled game show. The audience loves it because they love it when I'm sad. Yes, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot. Of fun. And it's always, as always, Dave, it's a pleasure to have you as my co-host on this show. Uh, thanks uh, for having me. You're outstanding. You're super funny. And uh, thanks to you. Thanks to DJ Spruik for being on the podcast. We will see you next week on Break the Business.